Living Faith International Church welcomes you to Higher Life Broadcast with Bishop Dominic Newlove Alute, the head pastor of Living Faith International Church. Bishop Dominic is a dynamic preacher and teacher with an extraordinary depth of knowledge and understanding of God's Word. His vision is to empower each and every believer to live a victorious life through Jesus Christ to actualize their potential and tap into their God-given talents for the purpose of edifying their own lives and glorifying God's kingdom. Get ready to be blessed and inspired with the unadulterated word of God. And now, Bishop Dominic Newlove Alote. Let's turn our Bible today to Luke chapter 14 verse 23. It said, And the Lord said to the servant, Go out into the highway and the hedges and compel them to come in. And we said the word compel is the word anakazu. Compel them, force them. Don't give them any excuse not to come. Don't give them any excuse. They shouldn't have any excuse why they shouldn't come. That's what Jesus said. This is Jesus' word. He said compel them to come. Compel them to come. Force them to come. Constrain them. Make it of a necessity. And when you study the word anakazu very well, it even talks about threatening them. It may tell them, listen, you're going to hell. Hell is for you. That's what the Bible says. Threaten them to come in. Use every means possible. Anakazu. That's the word. Very powerful word. Compare them. Force them. Make it impossible not to come. And then in Jude chapter 1 verse 23, he says, snatching them out of the fire. And the word snatch, I told you, is hapazu. And that is to pull by force, to seize, to carry or to seize by force. Hastily or abruptly, that is, I don't have time to make excuses why you can't come. Today, the Bible says, the day that you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Today is mine, but tomorrow is not mine. And so the day I hear the gospel, that is the day I give my life to Jesus. This night, I'm going to talk about souls matter to God. Psalm 49, verse 6 to 8. They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches. None of them can by any means redeem his brother. Those who trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches. None of them. You can't save anybody. Your money can't save. Your wealth can't save anybody. I'm doing a study on wealth creation. And one of the things I learned is that when money becomes an end in itself, it becomes poisonous. But money is a means to an end. Which means that money in the hands of the believer is a weapon. It's not the end. When money is an end by itself, you become greedy. You become very arrogant. You don't respect anybody because of money. Because money is what controls you. The Bible says that none of them by any means can redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom. What kind of money can you give 
as a ransom for a soul. When a person is about to die, and a person is a millionaire, a billionaire, he would like to give everything to have life. But at that point, money cannot save. You can't pay a ransom. You can't bribe God and say that, well, since I have this money, take $5 million and let me escape this war of death. It doesn't happen. Verse 8. He says that for redemption of their soul is precious. Redemption is not free. It's free because you and I can't pay for it. But it costs the father his only begotten son. If we are to pay for redemption, you and I, we can afford. It's precious. As a matter of fact, when you read the book of Corinthians, the Bible tells us that the redemption of the soul of a person said, you being redeemed by the blood is very precious. The greatest miracle is not when a person is healed. The greatest miracle is not when the blind eye sees. God's greatest miracle is not putting money in your accounts. God's greatest miracle is when a soul is saved. And Mark chapter 8 verse 34. When he has called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Carrying your cross. It's not easy. But Jesus said, if you want to follow me, it's one thing to be coming to church. Everybody can go to church. It's another thing to carry the cross. Your own cross, not my cross. Not Jesus' cross because you can't carry it. But all of us have a cross we have to carry. Verse 35. And whosoever will save his life shall lose it. You don't want to risk your life for the kingdom of God. Jesus said, you will lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels shall save it. I'm risking my life and losing my life for his sake and for the gospel. And I'm gaining my life every day. May you gain your life. The cross is a sacrifice. Any sacrifice you can do easily is not a sacrifice. God did not call us to convenient living. You think it was easy for Jesus to go to the cross. At a point, he said, Father, I have agreed to come and die, but I'm looking at the way this thing will go. Please, if it is your will, let this death pass over me. It wasn't easy. The painters make it very nice, but Jesus' body on the cross was naked. Jesus hung on the cross naked. For three days, there was no food. When he asked for water, they gave him vinegar. They tortured him until when you see him, he doesn't look like a human being anymore. That is the price the man was paying for your salvation. That was the price. So you ask yourself, what price have you paid for anybody? All his friends forsook him. All the disciples forsook him. Everybody left him. He said, he said, I know that all of you will forsake me. But God will never leave me. 
Some of us, our work with God is not covenant to, it's a contract. If this doesn't happen, I won't do it anymore. But covenant living doesn't depend on what anybody does. I am committed to you because I've made my mind, I want to be with you. What shall he profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? I don't think you have ever thought about this scripture before. Which means that, let's take Asaributre here. Let's give you every land and every property in Butre here. What he's saying is that your soul, some of us will take that. Just Asaributre here. We will take that and lose your soul. But the Bible says, if you gain the whole world, you don't understand who, the whole world. If you gain the whole world, including New York, look at the whole building. Have you been to Zurich? Have you been to Geneva? Have you gone to Sweden, Copenhagen? Have you gone to London and all these places, Hong Kong? If they give you all these things, the Bible says that the whole world put together cannot equate a soul. It means that the soul is precious. My soul is precious. The soul of the boy, the soul of the girl, the soul of the madman, the soul of the arm robber, the soul of the thief. Because God doesn't see him as an arm robber, he sees him as a lost soul. God doesn't see him as an adulterer. God sees him as a lost soul. And God is keeping you and I alive so we can go and fetch them. Look at the verse 37 and the verse 38. So Jesus said, you can't even compare the wealth of the whole world to one soul. You see why winning the loss is very important. So you know what the Bible says. Jesus said, there is great joy in heaven when one sinner, one soul repents. Can you imagine if you become the one that brings joy to heaven? Because you want a soul. And so you, by winning the soul, the whole heaven, every angel start clapping. Everybody start jumping. They start singing praises because one soul have been saved. Can you imagine the one that allow himself to be used to save one soul. God's number one business on this earth is winning the loss. I want you to understand today that everything that God gives us is so that we can do his business. All the money, all the favor, all the grace, all the opportunities, the health, the healing, Everything that God is doing for you and I is so that we can be here on earth, live a fulfilled life, and push his work. The church doesn't exist to marry people. We are not here because of weddings. Weddings and all those things are just bonus. The church is here to win the loss. Our main reason as a church is to win souls and get them established and take them to heaven. Verse 37. He said, and what shall a man give in exchange of his soul? Tell me. Tell me what are you going to give to exchange your soul? What does it mean to go to hell? Listen to me. When you say you have eternal life, 
with God. It means that you are going to live in everlasting peace forever. But there is also eternal damnation. Eternal damnation is for those who refuses to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. They have eternal damnation. You are in hell the rest of your life. We're talking about timeless. There is no date. There is no expiry date for your torment. Eternal damnation. We want to bring the church, our church, to a place to understand our mandate as a church. Every person must understand the mandate. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That is our mandate as a church. Every day, I'm looking for an opportunity to talk to somebody about Jesus. Every time people come to me, I'm trying to witness to them. This afternoon, some people came to me. I started witnessing to them and telling them about Jesus. Every time I get the opportunity, I want to talk about Jesus. Why? That is my mandate. I don't do this because I'm a pastor. I do this because I'm a child of God and it is my mandate. I told you about Dear Moody the other day from Chicago. Dear Moody, every day we win a soul. Every day. Then one day, the Chicago snow was so much, he forgot. Then he came home around 11 p.m. Every place was dark. Then he forgot that he hasn't won a soul today. He put on back his jacket and his hat and went back on the street. And I'm telling you, in Chicago, when it is cold, it is cold. That's why we call it the windy city. Because the windshield is something else. And this man put on his glove, went back on the street, trying to look for somebody to preach to. Went moving around, moving around. Then he went into a place where a security man was watching over some house. And then he entered in. He preached the man. The man got saved. And then he, after he leading the man to Christ, he went back to his house. And then he wrote, he said, the greatest joy of my life if to step out into the cold, believing that God will give me a soul. In other words, I didn't do this conveniently. I went searching for a soul. How many times do you go searching? How many times do you get up? You know what I find out? What I find out is that when I just pray for souls and ask Father, save the lost, I hardly pray for myself for anything. I realized that God start meeting my niece. What can you give in exchange of your soul? Verse 38. Then Jesus said, Whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Some of us, the only reason why you can't tell anybody about the gospel and win them is because you are ashamed. You don't want anybody to know that you are a Christian. Because a comfort are not ashamed to declare that they are comfort. They put a white cloth around their waist and some bees around their body. Some of them, their breasts are open with uh, some crazy hair, with things around their legs, carries around their legs. I don't even know if they have taken a shower for the past three days. They just come boom, 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 boom. You go to Kofora, those places, market there, you see them, they are not ashamed. You, 
a child of God. Somebody that Jesus died for and forgave you of your sin and gave you a life. Talking about you are ashamed. I don't want the girls to know that I go to church. Girls, souls matter to God. I want you to know that souls matter to God. There is a story in the Bible about the rich man. Let's look for it. Come with me to Luke chapter 12, verse 15. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life does not consist of the abundance of things which he possesses. He spake a parable unto them, saying, A ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. You will plant, you will water, but if God doesn't give you increase, your labor will be in vain. You don't control the harvest and you don't control what comes to you. You do your best and you leave the rest for God. Sometimes we live our life like we are the people who decide what must come to us. Verse 17. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruit. Immediately the blessing came to him. His mind is selfishness. You see the problem, the reason why we can't win souls, we are too selfish. Very selfish. He thought he being himself. I don't even have room. Incidentally, there are people who don't have room to bestow what they have and still they behave like they are poor. You know why they behave like they are poor? Because they don't want anybody to depend on them for anything. They disguise themselves as poor people so you don't ask them for anything. The Bible said that there are people that God gives them power to get the wealth and then he denies them the power to spend it. May that never be your story. Father, give me the power to make the money and give me the power to spend the money. He thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? I have no room where to bestow my fruit. I don't have room. So this is what I will do. Look at it. Verse 18. And he said, this I will do. I will pull down my bands. I will build greater. So God's agenda is not in his plans at all. No provision for the kingdom of God. He's disconnected. You see, the most dangerous thing in life is to start trusting in the resources instead of the source. And sometimes, if you are not very careful, you turn the provision into the provider and you turn the provider into the provision. And so, you become very greedy. There is he that scattereth and yet increaseth. And there is he that withholdeth more than is necessary. But it tended to poverty. He said, the libra soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall also be watered himself. When you are helping poor people, you are helping yourself. He said, he that withhold that corn, the people shall curse him. In other words, when we know you can help and you refuse to help, even in your family, if you are in a family, and the people in the family knows you can help, uncle can help, and then you don't help, the children, everybody start cursing you. You are withholding when you can be a blessing. When you withhold that corn, the people curses you. Sometimes there are burdens we carry, which is burdens that you didn't accept. 
It's unreason I call it unreasonable burdens. Your sister's children. Your sister didn't get a good marriage. All the boys are in the house. The burden of your sister has come upon you. You can't sit back and say, well, it's not my children. No, 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 no. Because you never know who will become somebody. So it's an unreasonable burden, but you need to carry. You ask God for grace and anointing to carry it. When you withhold corn anywhere, whether it's a church, whether it's your family, there are fathers that can hold on to corn for their children to suffer. I'm telling you, God's word is true. I pray that nobody curses you because you are greedy. But blessing shall be upon the head of him that selected. it. Let's go back to the scripture. And he thought within himself. Okay? What I want you to see here, nothing about the kingdom of God was in his heart. When you are praying for God to bless you, what do you see about the kingdom? Soon, we are going to go to evangelism. And we have to bring people here who have no place to sleep. And we have to take them there to go and sleep and put their, put their life together. We have to start a class to bring people back to society. Soon we go to the prisons. We are going to find a way when they come from prison to rehabilitate them. And it's going to take a lot of facilities. Do I have some witnesses here? I mean, what is the sense? After I've preached to people on the street and they are living in a cemetery, why should I leave them in a cemetery? So we need all the properties here. So that when we take them from a cemetery, we can bring them to a place to sleep. And help them to come back to society. Can you imagine when we are that kind of a church? Give me the verse 18. And he said, this will I do. Now, you count how many times he uses the word I. God is not in it. I. I. It's me. I. I. That's the problem with all of us. It's I. I. I work very hard. I'm the one. I own it. I. Everything is you. God has no share in your life. The reason why we become arrogant because we believe that we work very hard for it, that God is not in, involved. Look at it. This will I do. You count the I. Let's start from the first. Go to the verse 17. I want you to count the I. Verse 17. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I now? I know my word. One, I do because I, I have no room to do what? Bestow my good. Number two, yes? Verse 18. And he said, this is what I, number what? Number three, do. I, four, will pull down my bands and will build greater and there will, there will I be stored all my fruits and my goods. I, number what? Five, let's go. And I, six, will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goose laid down for many years. Take thy ease, eat and drink and be merry. Look at it. But God said unto him, You were a fool. You were a fool. Everything is about him. God is not in it. Selfish. I'll build more houses. I'll buy another car. I'll buy this. What have you done in the kingdom? How many souls have you given your money to help saved? 
We are printing tracts. The tract we are printing is costing us 6,000 Ghana because we are printing 5,000 tracts. It's supposed to come in tonight. 5,000. The reason why I want to buy those is two houses. Actually, it's three houses. I'm buying all the three, believing God. I don't know where the money is coming from. I'm believing God. You know why? Because I know that souls are coming in here who will need a place to put their head. There are girls we are going to recruit from outside. Win them who are pregnant. Some of them are being beaten by the men that we need to take out and bring them here and rehabilitate them. Because what is the essence of evangelism if you win the soul and you keep him where he is? There is a blessing in doing things in the kingdom. Everything you have must glorify God. And foremost, it must go for the winning of the loss. Everything God gives you must glorify God. Come on here. Your life must glorify God. Your home must glorify God. Your car must glorify God. Am I talking to a believer here? Everything that God gives you must glorify God. Look at the story here. He said to him, you were a fool. You are fool for thinking that you are going to live forever. You are fool to think that you own your life and that you can live anyhow. That you have a lot lay in store, that you are going to enjoy your life. You are fool. This night, your soul shall be required from you. Then, whose shall those things be which you have provided? Let's start having heaven as a focus. Let the kingdom of God be located in your heart. When you wake up in the morning and you are praying, Father, give me a soul today. Lord, what can I do to enhance the kingdom of God? Show me what I can do. I can use my money to do in the kingdom. This is Bishop Dominic Kaluti. Thank you for listening to Higher Life Broadcast with Bishop Dominic Newlove Aluti, the head pastor of Living Faith International Church, one church in two locations, New York and Accra. We believe you have been blessed, inspired, and encouraged. You are invited to worship with us on Wednesdays, Success in Life Teaching Service, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., and Sundays, Celebration Service, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Locate Living Faith International Church, Rima House, at Charlie Old Town last stop. For more details or prayer and counseling, please contact 0501-550-756-0561-291-565 and 0244-780-205. Remain under the blessings of God. Living Faith International Church. Living by faith. Dominating your world.